welcome to the Midweek Movie Podcast, extension of The Healing Place, the podcast where we examine the scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves, what does this actually mean? I'm Dallas. I'm so glad you hit the play button. We listen to us Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever it is. Hey, thank you for being part of what we're doing here at The Healing Place through this podcast. Last week, we had a great conversation about what does it mean with Jesus being the Christ. And there was a challenge given to us uh, last week about being bold in our questions, our declarations, and asking for God to reveal himself to us. This week, we're going to continue our conversation with a uh, deeper dive into the second half of that verse, which is, what does it mean by upon this rock, I shall build my church? What is the church? What does it look like? We're going to get into that conversation today. So grab your notebook, grab your Bible, let's dig in together. Then he says, he says, and also I say to you that you are Peter. Now, Peter here, the Greek word is not Petra. Right. It's not bedrock. It's Petros, small, loose rock, yeah. small stone. He says, you are Peter, and on this rock, that word is not Petros. That word is Petra. Yeah. Big now, rock. where this gets messy over hundreds of years is Jesus saying, you are Peter, and on this rock, because they go back to, well, Peter's a rock, Petros, da-da-da-da-da. So he's talking about how terrible for us would it have been for Jesus to say that he was building us on this guy? Hmm. How terrible. This is Matthew 16. This is before I don't know him, I don't know him, curse, 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 I don't know him. Imagine if Jesus had been saying, on Peter, this is what I'm building all of you on, on Peter. Yeah. That's not what he's saying here. It would be insane for Jesus to say, on one human follower, am I going to build my church? He says, on this rock, this bedrock, what you just declared, Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, that bedrock, that Petra, I will build my church. Again, where are they? the region of Caesarea Philippi, and the gates of Hades, Yes, the most evil that you can think of on this planet. You see this, guys? Look, the most evil, you feel this? Do you see this? Not even this will prevail against this foundation, Yeah, that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. No evil that you know of on this earth no matter where people say you can't go, mm. avoid this, stay away from this. If this tries to come on you, you standing on this foundation, it will not prevail against you. Not on Petros, not on Peter, but on this. Christ, the Son of the living God, I will build my church. He will build Mike on that. Here's the cool thing. We think that, man, I've got to build my foundation of faith. It's already built. Yeah, It's Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the foundation. Well, now I've got to build on that. Well, no, because he said, I will build my church. <laughs> on what? On this bedrock, this foundation. So not only has he already done the foundational work, but he also is building on top of it with living stones, Petros's, us, which Peter would go on to say in his letters, 
as living stones, Jesus being the yeah. chief cornerstone, the bedrock, we are living stones that he created, he breathed life into. Mm. So even the living stones he created, he's building the church with the stones that he created with his spirit, filling it with him. So the, the building is him, <laughs> the foundation is him, mm. and he's filling it all with him, thereby... There is no leaven of the Pharisees or Sadducees. It has no place to go. There's no place for it. Yeah. Because it's all him. That's why it's in Christ. That's why it's the mind of Christ. That's why he's in us and we're in him, that symbiotic relationship of oneness, that there is no room for the leaven of the Pharisees. And he says, on this, this revelation right here, I will build my church. I will build all of you, my body, my bride, my ecclesia, I will build all of that, right? Yeah, Me good. being the head, and then all of you coming together. And as you do, you have all these amazing giftings that I've put in you, because again, I put that in you, and you're going to use that. And as you bring that together, and you use what I've put in you, and you have that shared responsibility and being a part of my body, everything points to the head. They don't even recognize you as you. You just do mm. your part, and they only see me, and it all works together. And according to Ephesians 4, it all works together not just to equip us, but that we grow and mature together, right, mm -hmm. to become this amazing body, this amazing church, not built with the hands of men, but on the foundation that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. Yeah, and, and that, that's exactly right. I mean, that's powerful. And I want to say this, because this is good, because it can be confusing to people. So then why do we have church buildings? Right. right. And Because you have a church building. Mm -hmm. We're in one right now. I have a church building. Mm -hmm. So the reason why we have church buildings is uh, for us. God doesn't need the church building. We do. That's where we come together. That's where there's air conditioning and a roof over our head. And, and if we sanctify it and set it apart, like I always remind people that the, the, my church building is not the church. That's right. It's not the church. But it is a sanctified something. So you could say it this way, but God still <clears throat> owns it. Sure. So he owns it, but he also owns my house, and he owns my car. He owns my marriage. He has ownership over my children. So it doesn't mean God doesn't care about buildings. Nope. See, and that's where, so every once in a while you get the cynical person that yep. goes, well, God doesn't care about buildings. Well, of course God cares about buildings. He does. And you have a house. He cares or an about your house. Or something, right? And he you have a He cares about the school. He cares about this. Why? But because those are, it's, it's where the church can gather. Right. And so we sanctify that and set it apart. But we have to remind ourselves what it is. And the problem with Israel is that they built upon foundations that weren't of God. Even the idea of kings, having kings, right? Yep. I mean, yep. that was not God's plan for Israel. But they wanted kings like the other nations, right? They wanted to be like some other nation. And God was like, okay, well, I'll let you have that, and but you'll have to learn a lesson from that. And it's going to be torn down over and over. And every and building over and every and church. Over. And so Christians sometimes get shocked when a church fails or when the when a building finally gets torn down, or I have this 100-year-old building, and so when we bought it and restored it and opened it up, we had a bunch of young people come in, and it was awesome. And then we started getting some people show, that showed up because I'm in a historic area, and it's kind of a famous area, and they fell in love with the building. 
So, well, we did what any normal church would do in this modern day and age. Uh, the old hard hundred-year-old pews, as soon as we could afford to, wasn't our first thing on the list, but it was pretty quick. We took them out and put in comfortable chairs mm -hmm. and lost a dozen people. <laughs> and, and I had one person call me, and they, they said this about the pews. Because, you know, it's, I think it's like 3% of churches in America still have pews for good reason. You know, you take the pews out because you can use it for a lot of different things. You can set up tables. You can do this. You can yep. do that. It's more comfortable. Uh, we have people that are in wheelchairs. It's easy to take a chair out. Or if they are hurting, their back is hurting, a pew will kill them. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. So, yep. so I had a person call me up one time, and they were like, um, and they're a good person, a nice person. But, but some leaven had gone in them over a building because yep. they weren't discerning what is spiritual and what is natural, yep. right? Simple as, and very easy to do, right? Good person, nice person. I really like this person. This happened to be a female, but she was also talking for her husband, and they were about my age. Really good people. I mean, I would say excellent people, still are. But they, she called me up, and she goes, hey, there's some people mad because you took the pews out. I don't even know how I can walk into the sanctuary. <laughs> and I said, why would you not be able to walk into the sanctuary? She goes, well... I don't understand why you took them out. And I explained, blah, 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 it's comfortable, blah, 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 this and that. She goes, if people really love Jesus, wouldn't they be willing to sit upon these chairs that are not comfortable? And I said, if people really love Jesus, wouldn't they not care which chairs were in there? And she didn't get my logic. Yeah, right. I almost wish I wouldn't have said it, right? Because it was a little bit like, do you hear the words that are coming? <laughs> That's what Jesus must have said so many times to right. Pharisees and, and Sadducees. Do you hear the words that are coming That's out right. of your mouth? That's right. You should know this. Nicodemus, you were a teacher of Which the he law. did say it to the <laughs> disciples, because yeah. he's teaching them about a towel and about serving, and then they're arguing over who's going to be the greatest. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, right. what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, do you hear the words that are coming <laughs> out of right. your mouth? And and But here's what Jesus did so powerfully with Peter, and he does it with us. Peter... Did you hear the words that just came out of your mouth? Flesh and blood. So we have this moment with Peter where Jesus is establishing this eternal truth in his life. And where it's stemming from is it came out of his own mouth. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus goes into this portion of like, okay, flesh and blood didn't reveal that. That's something you could not know just on your own, but it's been revealed to you, like the Father's revealed it to you. And then Jesus goes into this place of, you know, on this rock, this, this revelation that I am the Son of the living God, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so as we walk through that journey and as Mike and I were kind of walking through that journey of what is it, like, what does that mean? Believing and then confessing. Like what you speak out of your mouth. Um, you know, in, in one part of that, we were talking about, did you hear what you just said? You know, where sometimes as humans, we, we completely lose all focus of reality because we get our minds so fixated on either what we want, what we think it should be, or what we want it to be, that we, that we step away from the truth and we begin to say things that we don't even realize we're saying. Did you hear what you just said? Have you ever been there before? I have. I've been there before where it's like, man, what were you thinking, Scott? Like, where were you, man? You, Ah, I get it. I wasn't in the moment at all. I didn't even see what was going on. Why? Because it wasn't what I wanted. 
It wasn't, it didn't turn out the way I thought it should turn out. It wasn't the aha moment, but it was very subtle and I missed it because I was more focused on what I wanted, my desires, than I was the truth of the situation. But I love the fact that it pulls back to where Jesus is like, listen, Peter, did you just get what you just said? Because not only are there times where we're speaking out and we're denying a truth and we're speaking out because it's not what we want, but also there's times where, man, we are walking with Jesus and, man, we're heading the right way. And we say things and we don't even realize the weight and the power that are in those words because of some truth that was established in our life, some nugget, some verse, some, some, a moment that we had in the presence of God that was established inside of us that now because it becomes a part of our DNA, it comes out of us. Why is it so important that we memorize Scripture? Because, man, when we get that in our hearts, when we meditate on it, then all of a sudden it becomes a part of who we are. And now we're not trying to grab a verse from somewhere in conversation with people, man. We just speak it. It's like Jesus in the wilderness. He just spoke it. It was a part of who he was, right? And Jesus is bringing this amazing revelation to Peter of, hey, you got it right. In the spirit, you got it right. Like, you didn't just get what you wanted. It was the truth. I am the Christ, the son of the living God. And again, I would ask you just to reflect, you know, reflect on the moments where maybe you spoke out those things that made no sense at all because maybe you were disappointed, didn't turn out the way you wanted. It's not what you wanted. And so you just denied truth. Or reflecting on those moments where something amazing came out of your mouth and you were like, wow, did I just say that? Did that come out of my mouth? The reason why we get that euphoric feeling is because it's not us. It's not something we could know, but we know that God spoke it. So here's what I want, I want you to do this week. I want you to take a moment to just be like, Lord, I just want to be so open not looking forward to what I want, not being so focused on my desires, but that, Lord, your truth, your word becomes so much a part of who I am that it would simply just come out of me. And I want to encourage you this week, as you pray that prayer, be open now to situations around you where when that comes out, recognize it. Man, that, that came from the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just simply gratitude. You say, Scott, there's got to be a deeper action step than that. No, no. You want to know the power of thanksgiving and gratitude? It's so powerful that Paul put it in his writings. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. It is the will of God in Christ Jesus to give thanks. So again, those moments, be aware of those moments. And when that thing comes out of your mouth, you're like, man, that's from the Lord. Just pause and give thanks for it's the will of God in Christ Jesus. God bless you guys. See you next time.